I love that scene. I love how Jesus gets emotional. I, I love everything about how she speaks to him. I, I love the words he uses. Some of my favorite words in all of the text in, in John 4 where he, he speaks and he says this to her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of living water welling up to eternal life. This is probably the text that's given more people more joy and more hope than any other text in scripture. I love the way he starts. I love how she's sarcastic when she starts to deal with him. And she goes, if you read the text, she goes from calling, kind of being sarcastic. And it's almost like a, what kind of lame, desperate oak comes to a water, to a well to meet a woman. And then what kind of lame pickup line is that? And then, then she, she goes a step further and then she goes and starts calling him sir. And then the conversation shifts a little bit more and she goes, you must be a prophet. And then she ends with, could he be the Messiah? You know, the thing that I love about this is, this is the journey of people coming to faith. I was with about 100 people in Alpha on, on Wednesday night. And, uh, and, and the journey is this, when you first come to Jesus, your expectation is that Jesus is the desperate one. But then as you go on this journey with him, you start to realize, no, no, no. He deserves my respect. And then, and then you go a little bit further and you go, he doesn't just deserve my respect, he's supernatural. There's, there's something, he's a prophet. And then you, you go on this journey a little bit more and you will find yourself asking the question, is he the Messiah? This is the journey she goes on. But there is so much else that's beautiful in this. See, in this text, it's almost like Jesus is doing a, SLM, like a hashtag SLM, Samaritan lives matter. And, and not just Samaritan lives, but women matter. There's a, a gender-based prejudice that he's dealing with. And the way he deals with it, you would think that the way that Jesus would deal with, with prejudice and injustice is that he would go to the governors, he'd go to the priests, he'd go to the men of influence, he'd go to the political leaders, and he would lambaste them. He'd write like a 10-page thesis and he put it on Facebook so that everybody could see. But that's not how Jesus deals with injustice. The way Jesus deals with injustice is he goes to the victim. He goes to the person who's at the worst end of the spectrum. He goes to the lowest of the low and he chooses not just a Samaritan, not just a woman, but a discarded woman to express his love and ministry to change the world. If you wanna deal with what's going on outside, what's hitting us on social media and, and trying to navigate that stuff. The way you do that is you go to the victim of the system and you minister to them at their place of need like Jesus does. I love this text. You know, the thing about this woman though is that she is not just broken. She's not just alone. She is rejected and she is discarded. For many of us, that's, that's not a big deal. We've, we've never really been discarded. We've never been rejected. But for some people watching today, for some people, you have been so rejected. You have made such a mess 
of your marriage, such a mess of your family, such a mess of your, of your work situation, such a mess of your life that you've got to the place where it's all broken. And like this woman, you are desperate, but you feel like you've been discarded. You feel like, man, if I'd just chosen that back then, if I'd just married her, if I'd just done this, if I'd just done that, if, if I'd just not done what I did, I wouldn't have got you and there'd still be a plan for my life. But now I'm discarded. And if that's you, this scripture is for you. This story is about the least wanted person in Samaria. Even lepers traveled in colonies. She's on her own and Jesus goes, I'm going to use you to change the world. It is beautiful, it is radical, and it's powerful. What's uh, so amazing about this text though, is where she meets with Jesus. It's so significant that he meets her at a well. You see, what happens here is she comes to a physical well. God waits for her. God waits for her at a physical well so that he can reveal himself as the spiritual well. Let me try to explain. A well is an outlet to a underground source. So a well is, uh, it's an outlet to a stream that's flowing underground that you cannot see. And so the reason you go to a well is because by faith, you believe that there'll be water there. You cannot see it, you cannot understand it. And so Jesus comes to a physical well and then he starts to speak about a spiritual river that is flowing in a way that she can't see, she can't understand, but the outlet is him. He is the spiritual well. If she wants to access a spiritual river, the only place she's gonna get it is from the spiritual well, which is him. And he says, And if you get it from me, it will start a a stream inside of you that will bubble up and give you living water. But then he goes to this text where, where he says, go call your husband. And here's what he's doing in this text. He's going, go call your source, the one that should fill your soul. And she goes, I haven't got a husband. He says, yes, you've tried this again and again and again. You've tried to satisfy your soul with not one husband, not two husbands, not three, not four. You've you've tried with four and then there's a man you're living with now and he still can't satisfy you. Here's what he's saying. There's a cycle in your life that just doesn't work. So come to me, the spiritual well. It is such a profound interaction but it keeps getting deeper. So the text carries on in John 4 and it says this. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman, but no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Next verse. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Then it says, next verse, they came out of the town and made their way towards him. 
Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have a food to eat that you know nothing about. Next verse. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. My food. See, what is so brilliant about this text is it starts off with a woman and a drink, and then it goes to disciples and a food. He speaks to two different people about two spiritual sources that are different. This is really, really important because Jesus comes to us in our broken, unbelieving state. She's, she's broken and she's unbelieving. And, and Jesus says, come to me. I am the well of living water that will meet your needs. But he goes to disciples now understand, in John 4 verse 1, it speaks about these disciples, they're baptizing people. And, and he says, here's the big deal, here's the big idea. He says to them, you who know how to drink, they're drinking of his presence, they're drinking of his words, they're drinking of his ministry, they, they know how to access spiritual nourishment. He says to them, there's a food that you know not of. Now, he'd never say, there's a food you know not of, if he didn't want them to know of it. So he raises it, he says, there's a food you know not of, because he wants them to desire it. And then he says, it's to do the will of the Father. See, what I've understood in my Christianity is that, that when we come to Christ, I remember when I came to Christ, he meets you in such a way, it explodes you. You start to feel and you taste of God. You, you're like that Samaritan woman and all you wanna do is tell everybody about him and, and you, you so enjoy it. But then what often happens in us is that we, we go from that well to the career well and to the husband well or the wife well or the relationship well, or this well. And, and then what happens is that these things break and we come back to Jesus, the spiritual well, and then we go on these cycles and you see people in church, they're going round and round in cycles, which is why God says in Jeremiah, he says, you've done two evils. The one is that you've ignored me, the living fountain, and the other is that you've built for yourself cisterns that can't actually feed you. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, you're going to other sources and then, in your pain, you keep coming back to me. And there are so many Christians who are going on the cycle of going from one source to the next to the next and then pain brings them back to Jesus. And Jesus is going, make me the source. But don't stop there, you need another food. So he says to these disciples who are building the church, they're serving in the church, they're baptizing people, they're doing ministry. He says to them, you guys, you need this food. And then he explains it. He says it, it's to do the will of the Father. And then here's the text. He says, don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Next verse. Well, let me, let me dive in here. Open your eyes and look at the fields. See, what happens is, Often we come to Jesus, the well, and, uh, and He meets our spiritual needs. We go on the cycle, we come back to Jesus, we go on the cycle, and we never move into the food. And so Jesus says this, He says, open your eyes, lift your gaze. 
above your pain, above your Christian friends, above your life group that you're in. Those are all brilliant things, but now I'm speaking to Christians. Lift your gaze above satisfying you and start attaching your mission to the mission of the Father. Shift your focus. I think this is the word for the church, for our church, definitely. I think it's, it's the shift. God's saying to those who are unsaved, come to the well. But he's saying to people who've been Christians for, for years, he's saying, make your life about the will of the Father because there is a food there. This is why the happiest people are the people doing Alpha. I, um, I got to go on a weekend uh, away uh, to a game farm. It was a, a treat, it was a gift to me. And uh, so I went to this game farm, it was absolutely amazing. They waited on me hand and foot. It was like a, a five-star deal. It, was, it blew my mind. Whilst I was there, the guide who was there found out that I was a pastor. So he comes to me the one day, and I don't know how he found out. I kind of keep that stuff on the low down that makes it all keys. And anyway, I, he came to me and he said, I heard you're a pastor, can I ask you some questions? So I said, yeah, sure, let's do it. So we go on a game drive and uh, he stops and he takes out all these snacks. It's almost like he's trying to romance me. And, and then he, he brings a plate of snacks to me and he's got his notebook. He takes out his notebook and he starts asking me questions. He starts at dinosaurs and then we go to Noah's Ark and he asks me question after question after question. And as we're going through the questions, I eventually get to this place where I say to him, what would it take for you to believe in Jesus? Because I've answered all these questions, but there's obviously something that you need Jesus to do for you to believe. And he says to me, I've got this heartburn issue. I've got, every time I eat anything rich, I have incredible pain, heartburn. He said, if Jesus healed me, if I had an experience of Jesus, then I'd believe. So I said, okay, let's pray. So I grabbed hold of him, laid my hands on him, and Ames was here now, so we prayed that he would be healed. We, we spoke it into being. We said, be healed in Jesus' name. And then, um, and then I asked him, how's it feeling? He said, no different. I could feel the presence of God on me. So I said, here's what I want you to do. It was one of his mate's birthdays. I said, go and eat birthday cake. Go eat lots of it and tell me how you're doing. So he goes and he eats birthday cake and he comes back and he says, man, this is... I'm having no heartburn. I said, imagine that. And then I said to him, I said, why don't we test this again? Come to dinner tonight. You can have dinner with us and eat all the rich foods you can. We'll, we'll see what happens. So he came to dinner. He ate all the rich foods. The next morning I said to him, how's the heartburn? He said, it's gone. So I said, do you wanna, do you wanna pray? A prayer asking Jesus into your life? You see, in that moment, though I'd been having the treat of my life, doing life with my family, though I was, I was having such a good time. In that moment, praying with that man, I felt the nourishment of the Father flowing through me. I felt a power coming into me. And that moment sustained me more than all the rest that I've been taking. And there are so many Christians who've been going on the cycle and going on the cycle. And Jesus would say to you, he'd come to you at the well and he'd say, if you're a Christian, will you eat the nourishment of the Father? And so as we, as we wrap up today, I want to say to you,
if you're not a Christian or if you've gone on the cycle and you need to come back to the well, come back. Jesus is waiting for you. There is tenderness and mercy and God will wait at your place of need. He will meet you at your place of need. And if you're a Christian today, lift up your eyes and ask the Holy Spirit, who is the person you want me to minister to? Who is the person you want me to tell about Jesus? Who, Who shall I pray for God? And begin to lift your eyes so that you can access a nourishment that comes from the Father himself. And so I'm going to pray. If you're someone who's in pain and you just need the well, why don't you just pray this? Lord Jesus, I come to you in faith. I believe in you. I believe that when I pray this prayer, asking you to come into my life, asking you to meet my need, that rivers of living water will flow into my belly. So come, Holy Spirit. Come into my belly. Come into my soul and saturate it. And if you're the Christian, you just pray this, Lord Jesus, help me lift up my eyes, open my eyes to move my life away from my world into your world away from my mission into your mission. God, just redirect my life so that I can live in your nourishment and care. I ask this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, friends and family. It has been uh, so good to spend time with you this morning. Uh, Thank you so much for spending time with us and choosing uh, to, uh, to log in. Just a quick reminder.